It is good uh, to see you. I can see it and probably see the first three rows, and after that, it's just a sea of darkness. But I'm glad uh, that you've hung in with us. There are a few things in the calendar that really do instigate the beginning of Christmas. For the supermarkets, it seems that it's Easter. Get Easter out of the way, Christmas begins. Maybe you're a student and it's that last class that you probably haven't been at for three months, that you get it off the roster, Christmas can begin. Maybe you're a teacher. I don't know when Christmas begins for you, but I'm sure you're looking forward to it. For me, it's the church carol service. Whenever that carol service happens, for me, Christmas truly begins. The coming together of the church family to sing glory to God, and to celebrate the impending birth of the Savior, for me, Christmas truly begins. Those beautiful hymns, those songs. Folks, we were standing here in the corner. The music has been uplifting, God glorifying. And I'm sure it's touched your heart to listen to those ladies and the descant, well, my wife tells me it's a desk camp. For me, it's just a beautiful sound. I'm not that musical. But I want to play a little game with you, if that's okay. Um, the game, I, I can't give it a name or a title, but the game is this. I'm going to sing a little bit of a Christmas song. And when I stop, you start. Okay, it's just to see your familiarity with some of the Christmas songs. Not all of them are Christmas carols, but they all have something to do with Christmas. Okay, we're going to start off easy. And by the way, this is not an addition for the praise group, and you'll figure out why. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh, you are good. Good King Wenceslas, last look down. His wee hat, it did fall off, and his bald spot was freezing. <laughs> okay, you ready for this one? Last Christmas, I give you my heart. Awesome, absolutely awesome. Away in a manger, no crib for... Wait till you finish. <laughs> No crib for a babe. Deck the halls with bars of holly. Tis the season to be jolly. Awesome. This one might be a little bit harder. My soul magnifies the Lord. Now, if you were church this morning, really there is no tune that we know of that goes with Mary's Magnificat. But she says, my soul, or at least she sang, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. A beautiful song of surrender. And we heard all about that at church this morning, but the preface to that song was a message of hope. And it's that hope that I want to talk to you tonight about here at our carol service. Because I believe we as a people, we as a nation, we as a church, 
we as individuals here tonight need some hope, or at least we need to be reminded of the hope that we have. Apparently in the UK, the average person, and I highlight that word, average person, gains two pound in weight in the month of December. That means come the first service in January here, we'll have put enough weight on as a church combined that we'll have at least four extra people (laughs) in the congregation. But you know what the saddest part of that actually is? Go around the nation on the 1st of January and we still have a people who still feel empty. No matter how much we fill up with Christmas, that emptiness continues. But not if you grab hold of the hope. What is hope? It's a confident expectation of future blessings. Better days are ahead. Storms are dispersing, clouds are breaking, the sun is rising. Better days as I think about my future are ahead. So I hope tonight as we've come and sang those beautiful carols together, even singing about last Christmas, that you in your heart will cultivate hope. The confident expectation that there are better days ahead. If you have a Bible with you, turn with me to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 1. I'm not going to read the passage. I'm going to begin at verse 26. I'm going to walk through these verses with you this evening. And as I've already said, we're looking at hope. And in this little reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning of verse 26, we see that hope has a tendency to meet us where we're at. Hope overcomes obstacles. Hope brings God's plan And hope is received by faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 26, we see that hope meets us where we are. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. And at this particular time in human history, things were indeed tough in the nation of Israel. I love it at Christmas where we normally adorn our fireplace or the little uh, window that the street gets to see. Our little nativity scenes of a baby in a manger and shepherds and wise men and angels. And it looks so peaceful. But everything was anything but peaceful in the nation of Israel. They were occupied by the Romans. They were enslaved. There was a tyrant king on the loose, a puppet king called Herod. Nobody knew what a day would bring. And think about it. The people heard an edict being passed by this king that all the firstborn children were to be murdered. What is this picture? Well, it's a picture of hopelessness helplessness when people do not have the ability to change the situation. And maybe 2022 has been like that for you. You feel hopeless or helpless to change your situation. That feeling of not being able to help or protect your family can often lead us to despair and fear for the future. But my first point is this, hope meets us where 
we're at. And I see that backdrop so that we would have it in our mind as we look at this passage. Because the people were waiting and they were hoping for one thing. For the Jews growing up, they were told of the long-expected Messiah, the Christ, God's anointed one. The one that God promised to David who would come from his line, who would be a better king than he ever was. A king who would reign forever. A king who would truly deliver his people. The prophets announced the coming of this Messiah. And that, uh, prof- those prophets, I am sure, instilled hope in the people's hearts. Isaiah told them that this Messiah would be born to a virgin. He would be born in Bethlehem, Micah said. Malachi preceded by a messenger. And in verses 26 to 28, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We see the prophecy Unfold. The virgin is mentioned twice. The line of David, just as it was mentioned. But for Mary, verse 29, it tells us that she was perplexed. Verse 30, she was fearful. Verse 34, maybe even had doubts. But you see, when hope meets us where we are, verse 47 reminds us that Mary recognized her Savior, the Messiah, The one who is coming. This poor woman from an obscure town found hope right where she was. The angelic proclamation came. God found her right where she was. God found this faithful young betrothed girl. And he poured into her life hope. Folks, just think about that for a moment. I love this. The very fact that God pursues us. That the God who made the universe comes after us. That hope finds us. Let me ask you, where are you this Christmas? What are your fears? What are the things that which you are secretly anguishing in your heart? Maybe your thoughts at this moment in time are how much longer than you can possibly take this cloud over your life. But hope says that God can make it right. Because hope meets us right where we are. Hope also overcomes the obstacles. Can't imagine for a moment that things were easy for Mary. And I'm sure she had her fears. The angel went to her, verse 28 said, and said, Greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. It's the only time in scripture that that little phrase greatly troubled is mentioned. 
And it gives us the picture of this mental frustration when a tribulation comes along. That ruminating of something that's going on in your life where you can't set it aside. It just keeps playing over and over in your mind. We read that Mary was wondering or discerning or pondering over this in her mind. What does it all mean? Well, verse 30 says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That favor that Mary found was going to make everything else okay. That favor is the very fact that the God of the universe has his hand upon you. It's not just something that Mary experienced, but it's something that all believers experience. The hand of God upon her life and upon our lives. And it certainly didn't mean that everything was just going to be perfect for Mary all of a sudden. Because we know the story. Her husband was going to misunderstand all that's going on. The son that she was to give birth to was going to be given birth in a stable. Not amongst the family where grandparents or aunties and uncles and those who dote over the child would be there and support that son is going to leave her and dedicate his life to serving his heavenly father. He's going to be hated, rejected, beaten, and even crucified before her very eyes. But Mary, you have found favor with God. His hand is upon your life. Favour does not mean that everything will be rosy in the garden and beautiful and bright. What it does mean is that God Almighty has laid his hands upon your life. And whatever it is that you're going through, he will use for his eternal purposes. Folks, there is no better hands that you can find yourself in tonight than the hands of the very one who created everything out of nothing, who spoke and the world came into being, who the psalmist even talks about has his hands wrapped around the world. God can make it that anything that we go through in this life, if we are faithful to him, we will be in a position where we can thank him and praise him for those things that he has allowed in our lives, even though they were difficult, even though they were hard. We've all gone through difficult days, and folks, we're on this side of them. Hope can deal and overcome with the obstacles in your life when God's hand is upon you. God's favour may not be easy, but it is good. It overcomes obstacles of fear, and it overcomes obstacles of being troubled. Hope also brings a plan. Verse 31, you will be with child, give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He, they were to call his name Jesus, the Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, God saves. 
Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Again, pointing back to that Messiah image. He will be the son of the Most High. It refers to his deity. This Jesus will be more than just a man. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will never end. Don't miss this. His reign will last forever. That reign that's talked about as we had read for us earlier this evening in Isaiah chapter 9. His kingdom is here. His kingdom is now here in our hearts. And folks, when your eyes are opened to the truth of the gospel, you become part of that kingdom. A kingdom where there will be no end. For everyone who puts their faith and hope in Christ Jesus will be part of that kingdom. There is hope even beyond the grave. If you're here and you don't have Jesus Christ, I say respectfully to you tonight, you have nothing, no matter what else you have. If you're here this evening and you have Jesus Christ personally in your life through faith in him, you have everything, no matter what you feel you may lack. God has a plan. And God's plan is unfolding here as we read it in Luke chapter 1. As the angelic proclamation comes to Mary. God's plan, one time, one way. Reaching down to humanity by one person. If you acknowledge that you're a sinful person, God says, deserving my judgment, you turn from your sins, throw yourself upon my mercy through faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. We can know and experience forgiveness. There is no other plan. There is no other plan of salvation. That is God's plan. And more than that, God has a plan for you. As God lays his hand upon your life, he has a purpose and a plan for you. And that purpose is tied in to Jesus Christ because that is where hope, that is where true hope is found. Hope meets us where we are. It helps us overcome obstacles and it brings a plan, not our plan, God's perfect plan, but it's received by faith. Hebrews 4 and 2 says, For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Folks, you may have grown up in church, you may have attended Sunday school and youth group, and maybe have gone to 20, 30, 40 gospel meetings. And every word and encouragement that you've ever heard over those years is worthless if you don't combine it with faith. And maybe you're here tonight and these words are ringing true to you for the first time. Don't just hear those words. Act upon them. 
Verse 34 in Luke 1. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Mary asks the question, and I don't believe it's a question that is stemmed out of doubt, but rather, how is this going to happen? She knows at this point she has no husband. She knows that she is a virgin. But the angel answered, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. You see, the point being made, at least here for me, although it doesn't go into great detail, is that what will happen will happen by a miracle. God's intervention, God's way, God's plan without question. It will not be tainted with human hands so anyone can question it. It will happen by God's means. Verse 36, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age, old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. Verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. A young virgin girl to give birth to the Son of God. A barren older lady to give birth to his forerunner. Folks, that's hope. When things look impossible, God says nothing is impossible with him. You may think your history means that this hope is not an offer to you. You may even think that you're too good to receive this hope. You may think you're too far past, but you're here tonight and hope is ringing out and you can grab that hope by faith. Mary's response is that surrender in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary is basically saying, whatever you say, Lord, let it be to me. That's hope. That's why she can surrender herself to Almighty God. The news was given, and we see her act of complete surrender to God. Folks, for you and I, we must embrace this hope by faith. If you can wrap your heart, your mind, and will around the truth of God's word, then let me say this, you have reason to have hope. Jesus came into the world to save that which was lost. I don't know what's going to happen in the next chapter of your life. Not sure what's going to happen to any of us as we leave this building this evening. Hopefully on the way out we receive our mince pies and that will be a good step in the right direction. But maybe in the midst of your heartbreak, maybe in the midst of your turmoil, maybe in the midst of all the confusion of what life is throwing your way at this moment in time. Maybe you're not convinced that things are really going to improve. But what I know is this. For everyone who puts their trust, their hope in Jesus Christ, the future is bright. 
The future is bright because Jesus has made a way. Jesus is our hope. A hope that takes us from where we are. A hope that is given, that outshines and outweighs the grave. Hope meets us where we are. Hope allows us to overcome the obstacles. Hope brings God's plans, his hand upon your life. But we can only receive that hope by faith in Jesus Christ. Let me pray with you as we conclude. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your hope, your hope which came through your Son. Father, I pray this evening that each person here from young to the older, that our hearts would be filled with that hope. But it comes by embracing Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. So may we be filled with hope tonight as we look to Jesus, the one who came into the world born as a baby, who lived and ministered and who was the very image of his father, but who came as part of God's plan to redeem a broken and fallen world and to give us hope. May we receive that hope by faith tonight. Father, speak to each one of us. Speak to our hearts. And may we in turn call out to you as we begin this Christmas time with hope in our hearts and your plan unfolding right before our very eyes. Hear our prayer in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.